Hey folks, Hyrulean here, and welcome back to another episode of Bonus Points. I've got a bit of a double feature for you today. We're going to be discussing first the Super Mario Brothers movie by Illumination, and what I thought about the trailer that released last week, and also we're going to have in the second part of this podcast a discussion about Overwatch, definitely not one, just reskins to be a sequel to. Uh, I've been playing quite a bit of it, and I'm excited to talk about it. So without further ado, folks, let's start things off with a little discussion about the Illuminations Mario Brothers movie. No transition. So what do I think of the trailer? The trailer basically just showed two things. One, it showed Bowser is trying to get a power star and that's the reason why he's evil in this one. He's like got the power star and he took it from the cute little penguins and he's basically unstoppable and Mario enters the Mushroom Kingdom for the first time uh, because he says, what is this place? And basically we see him start to make his way towards the castle town And that's about all we get out of this trailer. But what do I think of the movie itself? Well, first off, let's get Chris Pratt's voice right out of the way. A lot of people hate it. I'm actually on team. It's about as good as we could have gotten out of Chris Pratt. I think I was right there with everybody else uh, when the cast was announced and thinking it was very strange that uh, Chris Pratt was assigned the role of Mario. And basically, when I saw that in my head, I was like, all right, either he's doing the worst, most over-the-top voice I've ever heard, or he's not going to do any voice at all. And what ended up happening is kind of somewhere in the middle, leaning a little more towards not doing any voice at all. His voice is essentially just his own, but with like a little bit of like a Brooklyn accent to it. And that's it, you know? And honestly, I think this is the best possible outcome because I think people would have been pissed off kind of no matter what his voice sounded like. But I feel like if he didn't do any voice at all, people would have been like, oh, he's not even doing any voice, what the hell? And then if he did way, way, way too much of a voice, then people would have been like, oh, he's overselling it so much, oh my God. So I think this like slight Brooklyn accent to his own voice is good enough. I think this is probably the best of both worlds. I just think it's really funny that they hyped it up so much. And also there was the whole live stream thing where he was like, it's a me, Mario. And then he's like, that's not the voice. You'll hear the voice. But literally that basically was the voice. Um, And also his Brooklyn accent is kind of bad, but you know, it's, it's Mario, so it'll be fine but somebody pointed out on the comments of a TikTok video that when he says, Mushroom Kingdom, here we come. He sounds just like Linda from Bob's Burgers, and now I can't unhear it. Thanks a lot, TikTok comments. I fucking hate you guys. Um, But that being said, Jack Black, astounding. Jack Black's definitely going to be the standout in this movie, I think. Uh, He's, you know, got a really, really good voice for Bowser without even changing it. Like, that sort of, like, hard rock, like, a little bit lower voice but with higher pitches thrown in is great for Bowser, and it's kind of what I imagined Bowser would sound like anyway. Jack Black was a perfect casting, in my opinion, and his voice so far, 
sounds great. It doesn't really sound like he's changing too much. Kind of just sounds like his voice, you know, but really, really good stuff there. Um, and also, we didn't get to hear Charlie Day as Luigi whatsoever, but I was already very hyped for that one because, in my opinion, Charlie Day was the perfect casting for Luigi. He's got this, like, really shrill like heavily accented voice and I think it's going to pair very well off of Chris Pratt's like lower Mario voice and kind of give a contrast between these two characters but above all else like Charlie Day is in all you know in all meanings Luigi incarnate you know like he's always been the B character especially in It's Always Sunny even though he was one of the main creators of the show and the hijinks he gets up to are mostly caused by being shafted by the rest of the cast members and it's always sunny which is very reminiscent of how luigi's always shafted by mario and kind of gets up to his own adventures because of that i'm really 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 excited for that we didn't get to hear seth rogan's donkey kong but uh freaking that being said jack's films said something that was so hilarious he said that Donkey Kong better be like, <laughs> talk about a high score. And if he does, I'm going to lose it. And he better say something dumb like that because we need to see it. Um, but the other voice that really stuck out to me as well is Keegan-Michael Key as Toad. I saw this casting and I was like, what the fuck? But his voice is perfect for Toad. It's insane. The funniest part of the trailer, for sure, is when Mario, like, falls out of the pipe or whatever and touches a mushroom, and Keegan-Michael Key is like, Don't touch that! When I was thinking of what the perfect voice for Toad would sound like, my main source of inspiration was in Luigi's Mansion when Toad is crying in various different spots around the mansion, and Luigi, like, kind of talks to him, and he's like, you know, Hey! And, you know, that's kind of the voice that I kind of associate with Toad. And Keegan-Michael Keys so far is great. Uh, it's exactly what I expected for a Toad voice. Really, really great stuff. And I can't wait to see what else they do with his voice. Uh, I hope that the other Toads are also just voiced by him or they don't talk at all. Um, or I hope that they're super serious and have like really, really normal sounding voices. So his voice stands out even more. But honestly, Toad was one of the highlights of the whole trailer for me personally. Uh, and it was a voice casting that I was kind of confused about. But now I 100% get it. And it's great. And I love it. We didn't get to see Donkey Kong whatsoever in the trailer, and we also didn't get to see Princess Peach whatsoever in the trailer, but honestly, those two voices are probably the easiest to be good, so I'm not all too concerned about that. Um, but other than that, I really think that's all I gotta say. Graphically, it's beautiful. It's way better than anything they did for the Minions, at least out of the ones that I've seen, so... I'm really hyped for that. Uh, this movie's going to be an absolute marketing giant, and I can't wait to see it. I'm hoping I'll get to see it in theaters rather than, you know, just kind of having to watch it whenever it drops on miscellaneous streaming services. But uh, I'll definitely jump on the opportunity to when it happens because of the fact that, you know, it's Mario. I really expected the trailer to be, like, a moment where 
we were like, oh, it's bad, fuck, it's so bad. But no, actually the trailer gave me some sort of hope uh, that this movie will be good, or at the very least, watchable. And I really hope they take the Sonic the Hedgehog movie approach with it and kind of make it its own thing, but sprinkle in references to Mario culture, Mario history, that kind of thing. Uh, I would love to see something stupid like a hotel being made that's named after Mario and they call it Hotel Mario and they just kind of casually have that in the background. That would be the funniest shit ever. Um, And, you know, little stuff like that. But we'll have to see what they do with it. And try not to think about it, folks, but the Illuminations Super Mario Brothers movie comes out before the sequel to Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, so we have less time to wait for the Mario movie than we do for the next Zelda game. Just let that sink in for a second. Uh, But yeah, overall, very solid showing from Nintendo and Illuminations here for the Mario movie. I'm curious what you folks think. Hit me up on Twitter, TV, and let me know. (sighs) Fuck, man. I miss Jeff. I miss Jeff Kaplan so bad. Well, shit, I guess I better start talking about Overwatch 2. Overwatch 2 is the much-anticipated, I guess, sequel to Overwatch 1. And for those of you uninitiated, Overwatch was a 6v6 hero-based shooter created by Activision Blizzard, and it kind of rose to popularity in 2017-2018. And naturally, I had just built my first gaming PC around the time that it was really popular. So I hopped on. And I was pretty addicted casually to Overwatch for about two years or so. I hopped off Overwatch 1 around the time everybody else did when they introduced Brigitte, uh, which is this like shield maiden support character that they added to the game. Overwatch 1, in many ways, was sort of my competitive shooter. Even though I didn't touch competitive with a 10-foot pull, I played quick play and arcade so sweaty, and I treated it like it was super competitive, even though it was nowhere near as a competitive experience as the actual competitive mode. I recall trying competitive like once or twice, only to be verbally out loud called out in the voice channels for being really bad, and then I was like, yeah, maybe competitive isn't for me, (laughs) and so I never played it again. But that being said, I was enamored with the rest of Overwatch 1. Me and my group of friends would constantly play arcade and quick play, and over the time of playing the game, I kind of settled into originally maining Soldier 76, and then after that I switched off and found my true calling as a filthy, nasty, junk rat player who basically can do well just by not even trying. Junkrat kind of has a reputation for being, you know, kind of like the character for people who aren't very good at video games, uh, because he literally has a grenade launcher that has a good amount of like spread to the explosions so you don't really have to aim as much as other characters 
like Widowmaker, for example, where she's a sniper and her timing and accuracy is key. Junkrat, though, was definitely my calling, especially after they buffed him and gave him two remote mines instead of one. It increased his mobility by a lot and his damage output, and I can say with some certainty that I'm a decent Junkrat player. And of course, since it's Overwatch, people can lock in as your main and then you can't play as them, so I also kind of sub-mained Thara and very occasionally Mei. Um, mostly because of the memes on Mei. Mei was just kind of fun to play because of the fact that she could fuck with everyone, including her own team, which, you know, was good shit for somebody who was kind of playing casually like myself. Uh, and it was always really annoying when a Mei fucked with me especially if she was on my own team, so I wanted to be in those shoes as well. But Farah was definitely my secondary main for sure. I think I have almost the same amount of time in Farah and Junkrat. Uh, Farah has like a jetpack and kind of is in the skies shooting rockets. Again, massive damage spread on the explosion so you don't have to aim as well. And she also has a concussion shot that blasts people backwards, which is fun for getting cheeky knock-off-the-edge-of-the-map kills. So those were sort of my mains in Overwatch 1, and I played the game quite a bit. I'd say it was at least a weekly, you know, a weekly adventure. Uh, specifically, me and my friend Ethan played a shit ton, but later on, some of our friends who only played on console also got PCs and hopped into our groups, and that was probably, I want to say about half a year before we all kind of stopped playing, but we loved playing 3v3s and 2v2s, and we really loved playing quick play, and when Deathmatch came out, I played the fuck out of Deathmatch all by myself as Junkrat and just fucking wrecked, and it was so much fun, and I was actually winning games in Deathmatch as Junkrat, so... I was pretty much pretty much happy with myself for that, but Overwatch Overwatch One had a lot of fun memories, and I look back on my time with it fondly. And I was always sad that it died. Basically, enter Overwatch Two. Randomly, they announce Overwatch Two, and they kind of explain that at the forefront of Overwatch Two is going to be. PVE, which is basically player versus enemy. I'm not sure what the E stands for. But more or less, instead of players fighting other players, it's a group of players teaming up to fight AI-controlled enemies. Think Left 4 Dead. Uh, they tried it out in Overwatch 1 on this event where you had to fight robots in London, and it was pretty fun. So they decided to make PVE a forefront feature of Overwatch 2, and they would bring back PvP, but in a much smaller way. Well, fast forward a couple years, Overwatch 1 completely dead, nobody knew for sure when Overwatch 2 would be coming out, and just randomly they announced the beta. And me and my friend Ethan hop on the beta for Overwatch 2, and lo and behold it's basically Overwatch 1 but with some new maps, which out of the new maps, two were actually new, and the rest were kind of just night versions of existing maps. 
and like four heroes that had come out after we stopped playing and it came out specifically for the Overwatch 2 beta. And we kind of were like, eh, this isn't that great. And we were kind of under the impression that we had no interest in playing Overwatch 2 if and when it did release, especially not if we had to rebuy the game for $60 when it came out because it more or less felt identical. Well, fast forward some more, and they announced Overwatch 2 was going to be free to play for everyone, and if you owned Overwatch 1, all of your progression and skins would carry over. Good stuff. Probably the only way I was going to play Overwatch 2 was if it was free to me, so I was glad to see that. I was hoping they were at least going to make it free to people who already bought Overwatch 1, but then they made it free to play for everyone, and I was like, all right, let's see how this goes. Overwatch 2 is, at its core, Overwatch 1 with free-to-play elements. And what I mean by that is there's a battle pass system with items and skins and sprays and voice lines and emotes locked behind a tiered leveling system. Some of the items you get for free, but the vast majority of them you have to pay for the battle pass, which is $10. And I'm okay with this. The old game had loot boxes, and I was one of those people who would spend, you know, 20 bucks every so often, buy a couple loot boxes, and try and get some of the skins that I wanted. So, overall, the battle pass system was not too offensive to me. But, understandably, a lot of people were peeved because they spent $60 on the game. All of a sudden, Overwatch 2 is a thing, and it's free, and now there's a battle pass to buy. I gotta say, it's been really funny, though, to see people... Uh, that complained about the loot boxes back in Overwatch 1 days, saying they were like gambling for kids and they were awful, and you should only be able to unlock skins by progressing in the game. And now they're complaining because loot boxes are gone, and you can only unlock skins by paying $10 and then progressing in the game. So it's kind of weird how it worked out. People hate free-to-play, people hate loot boxes. Honestly, I've got most of the skins that I could ever possibly want for my mains, and if there were any new ones that existed, I would examine the value of them, and I would treat it very similarly to Fortnite. I would ask myself, is this skin going to be something that makes me happy enough to justify spending $20 on it, like, compared to the existing skins that I already have? And if the answer is no, which it's been every single time for Overwatch and for Fortnite, then I don't buy the skin. Simple as that. I've got all the skins I could really want from the original Overwatch. I grinded out and got the Lego Bastion skin. I've got Dr. Junkenstein for my main Junkrat. I got, uh, the, I got the, like... Native American Phoenix skin for Farah, love it. You know, I don't really have any huge complaints. So the fact that there's a battle pass doesn't really affect me. If there's a really, really cool skin that I feel is worth the price, I could see myself maybe being the type to get it. But I don't know, maybe not. I've never really bought a skin in a game before. 
That being said, I probably spent about $100 over the course of two or three years on loot boxes in Overwatch. Guilty as charged. But what is the game actually like to play? Let's move on from these sort of outside of the game elements and move on to the actual gameplay. So the first biggest change is they redesigned a lot of the heroes. Many of them have been reworked. Some of them have been changed from a certain class to another. For example, Doomfist has been turned from an attack hero to a tank hero and also been made virtually useless, one of the worst characters in the game. Uh, some of the other characters have been drastically changed, like for example, Bastion no longer turns into a permanent stationary turret. He now turns into a moving turret for eight seconds. You know, reworks like that. Some characters, like Orisa, for example, are completely changed. Orisa used to be a character who was completely focused on deploying a shield and now her shield is gone and instead she's kind of more focused on attacking which is very interesting and very different and I don't know how I feel about it but overall my characters remained mostly the same so you know I didn't really say a whole lot Junkrat is basically identical I believe Farah is the same as well and May was the one out of my sort of three mains ish that changed the most. She can't freeze people in place anymore, but otherwise she's completely the same. So not really any sort of opinion on the reworks for the characters because none of my characters were reworked. You'll have to listen to somebody talk about Overwatch 2 whose main was reworked because I imagine that could suck. I know uh, Ethan used to main Hanzo and new Hanzo is a little bit different and I don't think Ethan likes him as much and so I think Ethan's kind of stopped playing him but literally all the characters that I really played a lot of are the same so I don't really have any opinion on that but from what I've seen a lot of the reworks for the characters are in an attempt to make them less annoying uh, like getting frozen in place as the victim is super annoying but that being said not being able to freeze people in place and make them annoyed is kind of less fun for the person playing as the character so you know you can kind of take it either way uh, but overall I think rebalancing a lot of the characters was a good move and I think it's one of the few things that actually justifies this being an overwatch 2 versus just an update for overwatch 1 um, likewise one of the other big rebalancing changes they made was now instead of 6v6 teams, it's 5v5 teams. And essentially they continued this tradition from Overwatch 1 that they added in an update where now before you start playing you have to pick what type of character you want to play. In Overwatch 1, two players got to be tank, two players got to be damage, and two players got to be healers or support. In Overwatch 2, they dropped one of the tanks, so it's one tank, two damage, two healers, and this fundamentally changed how the game is played because basically it used to be super important which two tanks you picked, and there were some other characters that you kind of had to have on your teams. Team comps are completely smashed up now, 
and everybody kind of plays whoever they want right now, which is really nice, and I missed it so much from the early days of Overwatch, because people got locked in so much to the meta of Overwatch, and they wanted to have the perfect team, that there was a point where if you didn't have a Mercy on your team, then people would yell at you, if you didn't have a Reinhardt on your team, people would yell at you, uh, and then eventually... Uh, Brigitte came out and everybody was like, well, you got to have a Brigitte on your team or else everybody's going to yell at you. And that's no fun. And removing one of the tanks has helped quite a bit because now basically every team is kind of whoever they want to play, they play. I can't vouch for competitive, but in quick play, I've had nobody yell at me for picking the character that they don't want to have on the team which is really, really great and one of the best parts about the game so far. And what's also super neat about the removal of one of the tanks is they've seemingly buffed the hell out of all of the tanks. So since you're missing one player from your team, your tank can kind of pick up the slack because they are significantly stronger than they used to be. There is seriously so much good shit when it comes to tanks now like tanks are actually fun to play and you can actually hack a punch as a tank now instead of just being kind of a big distraction with some different abilities you now are like the team badass and you're in charge of doing a lot of damage the downside of this is that if your tank sucks you're kind of screwed but the upside of this is if you're playing as the tank and you kind of remotely know what you're doing, you feel like a badass, and you feel super important to your team, and it's really, really fun, and it's really, really great. Every single tank has a good amount of uh, strengths and weaknesses, except for Doomfist. And overall, I've been having a lot of fun trying out some of the tanks, especially Roadhog. I always kind of, like, thought, hey, Roadhog looks kind of fun to play but I never actually played them. But since I've been doing roll queue and I've been queuing as tank or damage, I've been getting tank like half the time, if not more. And I've been trying out Roadhog and I've been having a lot of fun. I never really got into Roadhog before. Now I'm kind of a big fan, so good shit there. Love to see the game forcing me to try new people out and I actually like it, so that's a huge plus. Um, but other than that, the... Uh, the new characters, too, I've been surprised by how interesting they are. Specifically, they've got this new gal um, that's sort of, like, similar to Soldier 76, except she's, like, a cyborg woman. Let me look up her name quick. Her name's, like, Sojourn or something like that. And basically, she's got a, like, burst fire machine gun, and her second her secondary attack is like a burst shot or like a big shot or something like that and it looks really really crazy and one of her abilities is doing like a tactical slide and then she can leap afterwards so her mobility is huge she's basically like a more damage focused version of soldier 76 and she looks really really fun to play and i'm definitely gonna have to give her a shot she technically released during the beta of Overwatch 2, I believe, but she seems like probably the best new character so far. The other one is a healer named Kiriko, or something like that, and 
she seems pretty hard to play, uh, but her style is really cool, and some of her abilities are really neat as well, but more experimentation on my end would be needed before I'd feel comfortable actually playing as her. But the other thing I wanted to mention is the new version of Push. Basically, in Overwatch 1, there was like a point capture and there was a payload escort and that was it. In Overwatch 2, they have both of those game modes back, but there's also this new one where it's like Push. And essentially, there's a massive robot on the map and each team has a block they're trying to push to the other team's end of the map and you basically fight over control of the robot get the robot to push your block and then if your whole team dies the other team captures the robot and it runs all the way back to their block and starts pushing it towards your side and this is basically overwatch's take on the two payloads type of gameplay which is something that tf2 did and as far as i've heard it was pretty fun in TF2. I didn't play a lot of TF2, to be honest with you. Uh, but during the beta of Overwatch 2, I did not really understand the reason to have this robot push game mode. But during the actual live gameplay of Overwatch 2, I totally get it now. Basically, you take away the boring role of playing defense and replace it with what's essentially an all-out offense game where both teams get to try their best to be super offensive and only when they're pushing the robot do they actually have to defend anything otherwise they just get to attack and then they lose the robot and then they attack and then they get the robot back and then they defend a little and then they attack when they lose it it's a lot more action-packed than one team getting to have all the action and the other team just kind of having to hunker down and guard a point or guard a payload. It's really, really great. And it's a good solution for that whole boringness that payload kind of has after a while. And the way they score it, too, greatly mitigates the amount of ties you'll see. I remember getting a lot of ties back in Overwatch 1, haven't had a single one yet in Overwatch 2, which is really, really great to see because draws always suck, especially after you play, like, you know, for 30 minutes on one match and then it ends in a draw. It's just the worst fucking feeling ever. And I haven't had a single draw yet in Overwatch 2, knock on wood. So really, really good shit there. I was really glad to see that. Um, but what else do I have to say about Overwatch 2? It's fun. I've been having fun. <laughs> I know, it's crazy. I didn't know it was possible. I've actually been really having fun with the game, and when you lose, it still sucks, and it, it's really soul-crushing like it was in Overwatch 1. But on the flip side of that, when you win, it's just as exciting and exhilarating as it was in Overwatch 1. One of my favorite games I've played so far is I was on, I think the, fuck, what's the map called? I don't remember what the map's called. It's the one where you start in Winston's, like, science lab, and then you go all the way to this other end where there's, like, this weird, like, uh, platform near the coast. I don't really know what it's called. I forget. And you have to take it through, like, an airplane hangar or something. Uh, it's a payload map, 
And it was one of the funnest games I've had so far in Overwatch 2 because we were almost to the second choke and the door hadn't opened yet. Or maybe the door had opened, the payload went through, and then the door closed, and then they wiped our team. And so what happened was our whole team was fighting them outside of this door, and the payload was on the other side, and they had no one guarding it. So I used my landmines, and I bounced up onto the second story of this building, and there was nobody there because everybody else was fighting on the ground. And I snuck through on the catwalk, past the door, to the payload that nobody was guarding, and I just rode the payload by myself for, like, almost half of the distance to the next choke before somebody actually realized and came through the door and saw me pushing it by myself, and it was the funniest shit ever. I literally was emoting laying down on the payload, and nobody noticed that I was there. It was the funniest shit. And I missed those, like, really chaotic, dumb moments in Overwatch, and this was one of them, and it just reminded me why I liked the game so much. Um, And then there was another game where we were playing against a team that just kind of was not organized enough and they weren't working together good enough and me and Ethan just kind of wiped the floor with them and I really got to like flex my Junkrat skills and I was getting so many kills that was my highest kill game I think I got like 26 and nobody was fucking stopping me it was so funny like I would lower somebody and then I'd throw a landmine and remote detonate it like right in their faces quickly and use that explosion to bounce to another guy and then kill them. And Ethan was playing his Mercy, following behind me, healing me and damage boosting me so I was just wrecking even harder and it was awesome. But yeah, even if Overwatch 2 fucking bombs and next month it's not popular like another multiplayer game that blew up earlier this game <coughs> multiverses <coughs> i will not complain because i at the very least got another month with overwatch yes it's basically the same game right now because pve is not released yet but i'm so glad it's popular again and it's been so fun to revisit it and kind of have these new experiences and the game genuinely does feel better than Overwatch 1 did when I left it which is a huge achievement on Blizzard's end I just really miss Papa Jeff if Jeff came back Overwatch 2 would be a perfect game (laughs) no it's not it's not a perfect game by any means it has its flaws a lot of its flaws are things that were still that are still present from Overwatch 1 And the game does have a little bit of toxicness to it. And if your team does not cooperate with you and you have somebody go run off by themselves to try and get kills, it still sucks. But you know what? That's like anything. And I've just been happy to have a game from my high school days back in all its glory. And if I ignore the free-to-play shit, it's kind of just like I'm playing Overwatch 1 again, but with a fresh coat of paint. And I'm, you know, I'm fine with that. That's good enough. So anyway, folks, thanks for listening to me rant about the Mario movie and Overwatch 2. It's free to play and available on all platforms. If you've never tried Overwatch 1, hey, maybe check it out. You won't get all the heroes from the start like I did, but you can, you know, try some out and see if you have fun. It's quite a good value for a free-to-play game because you got to remember it originally wasn't a free-to-play game, so 
there's quite a bit in here for a free-to-play game. But either way, if you don't, try not to talk shit about people who enjoy Overwatch 2 because, you know, it's their own prerogative, and if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. But, uh, yeah, have a good day. Talk to you folks later. Bye-bye.